You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Welcome, Grace Community Church. Uh, It's awesome to have you joining us online, and um, we're thankful to be together today. For those of you I haven't got a chance to meet, my name is Sean Rowley, and I am one of the elders and one of the preachers here at Grace. And on behalf of our whole church family, I want to say welcome. We're glad that you are joining us today to study God's Word together. We've been working our way through uh, our Advent series, our series leading up to Christmas, And last week, Jay preached uh, the first of kind of a two-part series of sermons that were were tag-teaming him and I, Um, and he preached it out of Matthew chapter 1, verses uh, 18 through 25, and we're going to be in the exact same text today. And we're looking at um, the different names of God. Last week, Jay talked to to us about um, Emmanuel, which just means that God is with us, and and he did uh, an incredible job talking about that, Um, and what does that mean that God is with us, and we're actually going to expand on that and talk a little bit more a little bit later on in the sermon today about what what that means that God's with us as the name of God, Um, but one of the things that Jay always does that I I so appreciate is he's super um, intentional about helping us to, to really enter into the story. And he helped us to look at what were the implications culturally, socially, uh, relationally, what might have that looked like for an unwed uh, teen mom in first century. I think it would be a challenge for any any unwed uh, teen mom, really at any age of history, but especially in this culture, because there was this honor-shame culture that that went on there. And Jay did a great job of helping us enter into the story and think through it in ways that that maybe we haven't before. And so if you haven't listened to that, I really encourage you to to go back and take a listen to that sermon. It was was a great sermon. This morning, uh, we're going to continue. Again, it's in the same text, and we're looking at the different names of God. And we're going to actually be looking at two names of God this morning. One is actually not in our text, and that is the name Yahweh. Uh, Many of us are familiar with this name, and many of us aren't. Uh, But this name Yahweh it is a name that was given to Moses when he asked God, who should I tell the, the people that sent me? Who, who's, who's sending me? And God tells Moses, he says, tell them that I am has sent you. And then a little bit later, he says, tell them that, that Yahweh has sent you. So whenever you see inside of your Bible, the word Lord and, and all of the letters are capitalized, L-O-R-D, they're all capitalized. That just, that's, that's God's name, Yahweh. And so Yahweh is God the Father. And so we're going to be looking at this morning how it is that Yahweh saves. Uh, The other name we're going to be looking at, though, is, uh, of course, the name Jesus. And we see that here in uh, verse 21. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, Jesus, the name that was given to our Messiah, is a Greek form of the name Joshua, and it literally means the Lord saves. And so that's why we're going to look at that name, uh, Jesus, today. What does it mean that he does? How does he do it? And, And what does he save us from? It says here in the text that he saves the people from their sins. Now, Before we get into the text, I do want to just clarify something, um, and I want us all to help, help us all to think through and to see this before we really get started, and that is this simple truth. We all need a Savior. 
my wife and I have this friend, um, and a few years ago, uh, she was over at our house um, hanging out one evening because uh, she had, through a series of really bad choices and, and some struggles in her life, she had established this addiction to, to prescription narcotics mostly, I think. And uh, unfortunately, she had made really a mess of her life. Those are her words. I remember one night we were sitting down talking, my wife and her um, and myself, and uh, we were talking and, and she was crying and she said, you know, I'm, I'm 19 years old and I've, I've made such a mess of my life. And the fact is that she had, and I told her, I, I agreed with her. I said, you know, you're right. I said, you have. I said, but the beautiful thing is, is, is you're only 19 years old and you have the whole rest of your life. See, what my friend had come to realize was that she had something going on in her life that was outside of her ability to control, outside of her ability to deal with, and she needed help. She needed something or someone from outside to help her deal with what was going on inside of her life and inside of her heart. And friends, that is the truth of all of us outside of Christ. It's why this scripture says that Jesus will save the people from their sins because outside of Christ, we're lost. We're, we're absolutely lost. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans chapter three. Uh, Romans chapter three, verse 10. He says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And then he goes on in verse 23. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I don't know what's going on in your life or what has gone on in your life, but the truth is, is that, that all of us are slaves to something. Now, not all of us are slaves to a substance like my friend was. Not all of us struggle with those same proclivities or, or tendencies. But outside of Christ, every single one of us is a slave to sin, and we need a savior to help us with that. And so this morning, my prayer has been this week, to help us over and above all else this week to see that we desperately need a savior to save us. And that person who is there to save us is the person of Jesus Christ. And I want to introduce him to you if you haven't met him yet. And for those that have, I want to remind us of what he's done for us and, and, and on our behalf. And so we're looking at Yahweh saves um, from the book of Matthew. Let me pray and then we'll get into our text. Father, Thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to study your word, um, to look at it, to, to see what it means for our lives. But I thank you mostly for Jesus, for it is in him that we find salvation. It is in him that we find life. It is in him, God, that, that we get to be adopted into your family. And so, Father, I pray this morning that all of us, wherever we're at, wherever we're listening to this, God, I pray that you would um, meet us this morning. I pray that by the power of your spirit that you would help us to uh, either remember or recognize for the first time that we need a savior. And Father, I thank you for, um, for all that you've done for us and all that you are doing. Uh, be with us this morning. God, make my words your words. I pray your spirit would speak powerfully to all of us now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Matthew chapter one, uh, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law 
and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Again, we looked at this last week. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. All right, so we're looking at Yahweh saves. How does he do that? What does he do? And I see um, first in these verses here, in verses 20 and 21, it says, but after he had considered this, that's Joseph, it says an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So we have Joseph, we have an angel, we have a dream. And then in verse 21, she will give birth to a son. So what I see here happening is that Yahweh saves by working with angels and humans and creation to bring about salvation through his son. This is incredible to me because we see all of these things happening that God is using to work out his rescue mission for humanity. We talk about angels here. Angels are incredible beings. And uh, I did a, a search on my Bible app and uh, angels are mentioned some 290 times throughout all of scripture. They're talked about all throughout scripture. Uh, we're told inside of scripture that, that angels came from all different uh, kinds of reasons. Sometimes they were there to warn. Sometimes they were there to protect or declare or punish or encourage or guide. Incredible things that the angels are doing. And the incredible thing is, is that the angels in this story, they're coming to interact with God's people. Here they do it in a dream. Um, the angel Gabriel approaches Mary to tell her she's going to be pregnant. It just says that he, he approaches her. I don't know exactly what that looked like, but incredible. And even maybe more so incredible to me is not just angels, but also um, people. You remember a couple weeks ago when we looked at the genealogy of Jesus, there's an incredible list of people there. And it's incredible and it's remarkable to me because um, what we see in the genealogy of Jesus is some amazing, faithful and righteous and wonderful people who serve the Lord and serve the people around them. But the thing we also see is a bunch of people who, frankly, were bad people, who did all kinds of things that broke God's heart, who did all kinds of things uh, uh, to hurt the people of God and, and even around the people of God. That would be the camp I would probably fall into in the rearview mirror of my life, I have massive amounts of regret, massive amounts of sin. But Jesus saves and he uses people to help him. And this is amazing to me because God uses um, angels and humans and even creation. In the next chapter, in chapter two, we see God using um, stars and the planets to, to align to help uh, these wise men come and follow the star to find the Messiah. It's amazing what God does with humans and creation and angels. So my question this morning for you, what's God asking you to do this Christmas season? Is God asking you to, to, to give to something or to someone to meet a need so that they might be introduced to the King of King and Lord, Kings and Lord of Lords? Is God asking you to have some hard conversations or maybe just be an encouragement to some people around you? 
Maybe there's even people around you in your daily life, in your work or your school or in your home or just that you encounter regularly that you don't even like. Maybe they're not very nice people. Friends, they need Jesus too. And so maybe God this morning is asking you to partner with him in spreading the gospel and working on this rescue mission for them, for their behalf. I I don't know what it is for you. What's What's God asking you to do this morning to partner with him? Because Yahweh saves by working uh, with humans and angels and all of creation to bring about salvation through his son. The next thing that I see that he does is he saves at just the right time. And we see this in, um, in chapter uh, one, verse 20. It says, but after he had considered this, that's Joseph. He's considering what's going on here. It says, after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. In verse 22, he says, this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And this is the prophet Isaiah he's quoting here. He says, the virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son. Um, Joseph seems to spend some time here considering what's going on. I don't know if it was a day or a week or maybe a month or two, but Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant and he's considering all of these things. But then, at the time when he's decided, okay, I'm just gonna divorce her quietly. I'm just gonna try to protect her, but I don't know what to do. In a moment, that angel comes to him that night. It's incredible. God saves at just the right time. The words that the prophet Isaiah had written about this Messiah to be born, this Emmanuel, this God with us, were written some 700 years before uh, Jesus was born. Uh, the, The nation of Israel at this point in history had been waiting for 400 years, over 400 years uh, for the Messiah. They had heard from the last prophets. Their canon of scripture had been closed at that point and they were waiting and they were waiting and they were waiting. And they were waiting under pretty harsh circumstances. Uh, The Roman government was a uh, brutal and vicious government at the time. And they were under Roman rule and occupation. And life was difficult for them. And they wanted and desperately needed a savior. And so they waited and they waited. But at just the right time, an angel shows up and tells Mary she's going to be pregnant. And then sometime later, the angel visits Joseph and tells him to take Mary as his wife. It's at just the right time. Have you ever been waiting for God to show up? Maybe you're in a season of waiting right now and you're crying out to God, God, I need your help. I need your healing I need this relationship helped out. I need this fixed. God, I'm scared. I'm anxious. God, I don't have a job. Whatever it is in your life, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting some more. And maybe your cry is like that of the psalmist in Psalm 6 who writes, how long, Lord? Where it feels like God's not around. It feels like he's not working. I've been in seasons like that at different times in my life. One of them, one of the most significant ones was um, a season with my daughter. Um, My daughter uh, accepted the Lord when she was young. Um, She got baptized. Um, But when she got into high school, I began to see some things in her life that were concerning to me. Uh, I began to see her make some choices in life that were um, worrisome. 
because it seemed like the, the, the farther and farther she went into high school, it seemed like the farther and farther away from God that she got. She was in relationships with people that, that honestly didn't honor God. She was making choices in her life that didn't honor God. And it just went on and on and on. She graduated high school, she, she started college, and it seemed to just continue. And so after years and years had gone by, as a dad who loves her, man, I'm concerned. And I'm praying and I'm, I'm crying out to God, Lord, how long, Lord, will you save her? Will you break into her life? Will you bring her back to you? Will you help her to see how much you love her? Will you cause her to, to love you better, to serve you, to fight sin, to, to walk in obedience, to bring you glory? And it seemed like it was never going to happen. And I remember one night specifically, I was praying about this and I felt like the spirit of God said to me, Sean, will you trust me with your daughter or not? And I said, God, I want to. I want to trust you, Lord. Will you help me to trust you? Will you help me to be patient? And so I did. And after some time that went by, I began to have some different conversations with my daughter. I began to see different choices in her life. I watched her as she sought out and found a church that she could go to on her own, a church she loves, a church that she serves at now regularly. I watched her make decisions. I watched her end some relationships that needed to be ended, frankly, because they weren't good for her. But I also watched her start new relationships. And friends, I can tell you now, my daughter is walking with the Lord. I see her growing in her faith. She serves at her church she has a community around her who loves God and points her to him. She's also dating a man who also loves God with all that he is and he loves my daughter out of that love. This is what I've prayed for, for her whole life. And even though I didn't know who it would be, I also prayed for him, his whole life. And I see my daughter growing in the Lord. It seemed like forever. It seemed like an eternity to me to wait. But Yahweh saves at just the right time. Now, I want to be careful here because I know some of you have been waiting way longer than I waited for Yahweh to save. Some of you have been struggling with illness or broken or difficult relationships or job loss or stresses or whatever it is that's gone on in your life. And, and maybe for years and years, maybe decades, you're like, Lord, how long? And so I don't want to tell you that God's always going to fix everything here in this world, here while we're on earth, because sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he says no. For whatever reason, sometimes his answer is, is I'm not going to heal yet. But friends, there is a day coming when we get to heaven that one day, if we've put our faith and our hope and our trust in this God of ours, man, everything that has been wronged will be made right. All of, our, all of our hurts, all of our sin, all of our pain, all of our brokenness, all of our um, sickness, illness, everything will be taken care of. And we'll be with him and, and we will worship him. And so friends, that's the hope I want to encourage us toward this morning, that God is working out his rescue mission. He is working out his plan of salvation. Even if we can't see him working, he's working. And so my prayer this morning is that we'll have that perspective, that we'll be able to trust. Remember, the nation of Israel waited hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for Messiah to show up. And now he is ruling and reigning and we have his spirit working and he will come back for us again one day because he's promised to and we can trust his promises. God always keeps his promises. 
He always saves at just the right time. The last thing that I see here in this text is that Yahweh saves through the power of his spirit. And I see that happening here in, um, in, in verses 20 through uh, 23. It says here in verse 20 that what is conceived inside of Mary, the baby inside of Mary is from her Holy Spirit. And then in verse 23, it says again, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. Uh, This is incredible to me. Um, We have Emmanuel, um, God with us. We see the spirit of God here um, causing Mary to be pregnant in a supernatural way. This isn't how things normally go. We all know that. But Mary, who's never been with a man in that way, Mary is, is now pregnant with Jesus. The Spirit of God caused that to happen, friends. The other thing that I see here is that we have um, Emmanuel, and we always talk about Emmanuel, meaning God with us, in, in the idea or in the realm that, that, that Jesus became um, a human, that Jesus came to earth as a baby and lived as a man, and so we had God with us. That is 100% true. But it also is that we have his spirit, that we have the spirit of God who lives with us, who lives in us. And this is an incredible gift to us, friends, because the spirit of God that Jesus sent after his ascension into heaven is here to help us, to encourage us, to help us understand some things. And so I wanna talk to you um, this morning about three things. There are infinitely more things that the Spirit does, but three I wanna focus in on specifically, that the Spirit of God, Emmanuel, God with us, does for us and in our lives. And the first thing is, is that he gives us understanding. I see this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. What we have now, or excuse me, what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely, has freely given us. Have you ever been uh, confused by Scripture? I have lots of times in my life been confused uh, by Scripture. Um, he says here that we have the Spirit who helps us to understand. Verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Um, the one, one of the things about the Spirit of God that's amazing is he helps us to understand him and to know him better. And so when we're reading the Bible, if we're confused about things, we can cry out to the Spirit of God and say, God, would you help me to understand this? Help me to see what's happening here. Maybe you're planning on uh, starting a Bible reading plan here at the start of the year. I would encourage you to do that. Get a Bible app or, or, or get your Bible and, and start reading through it. But before you read, ask, God, help me. I need to understand you. I want to know you better. I want to I understand your words better. Ask the Spirit of God. He is here to help us have understanding. The Spirit of God also helps to bring us into adoption into God's family. This is Romans chapter eight, verse 14. It says this, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba. Abba just means daddy, father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's kids, that we are God's uh, children. This is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing because we are saved through the power of the Spirit of God into relationship with the Creator, with the God who has always existed. 
The God of the Bible, the God of the universe is saying that by what Jesus did on the cross, which we'll talk about in a minute, through the power of his spirit, we have this invitation that we can be saved into his family. And so we have relationship with God himself. But we also have relationship with God's family itself. And so we're not only saved into relationship with God, we're saved into relationship in community, which is an incredible gift to us. Some of the closest uh, relationships that I have are not blood relationships. I'm not, not related to these people at all by blood. But some of the closest and deepest relationships I have that have the strongest bonds and the strongest ties are with people um, in the church, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. What an incredible gift to us. We are saved into the family of God by the power of the Spirit. The last thing that I see that the Spirit does is he brings us into real life. This is a little bit earlier in Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And then jump down to verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and it's peace. Friends, Jesus is named Jesus because his name means the Lord saves and he saves us from our sins. And so when his spirit comes, that's when we receive life and it's when we receive peace, something we desperately all need throughout all of our lives. But man, is not 2020 been difficult? Man, I need life and I need peace. Especially this year has felt so difficult for so many reasons. I'm not gonna rehash them all but the spirit of God brings peace into our lives. He helps us to be adopted into the family of God and he also brings understanding for us to who God is. This is Emmanuel, God with us, his spirit living with us. It's his spirit living inside of us. Yahweh saves by working with angels and humans and creation at just the right time and through the power of his spirit living in us and with us and, and to bring about salvation through his son and Jesus. But the best thing about this all is that Jesus didn't stay a baby. You see, that baby Jesus that was born, he grew up and he lived a perfect and sinless life, one that you and I could never ever live. And this baby Jesus who grew into a man who was Emmanuel, God with us, He lived a perfect, sinless life, therefore um, having the ability to become the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And so at just the right time, when the time was ready, Jesus allowed himself to be arrested and beaten and murdered on a cross. He allowed himself to be put, his body to be put into a tomb, into a grave, where he stayed for three days. It seems like Satan and his servants had won. It seems like death had won out. But then, at just the right time, breath into the life that was dead. And Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, was resurrected to new life. He, he, he was on earth for some time more and then eventually ascended into heaven where right now he is ruling and he is reigning at the right hand of the Father but he also sent his spirit to to live in the world, to be Emmanuel, God with us, as we've talked about all morning this morning. 
And that spirit of God is now here and he is inviting you and me to worship God, to serve him, to love him, to fight sin so that we can have real life and human flourishing the way that God designed it for us to be. But it does require something of us. It does require something of us. Take a look at verses 24 and 25 here. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Um, What's required of us is ultimately that we need to make a decision. And that's really a decision that all of us need to make at some point in our lives. Jesus himself says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. All of them, whatever they say, you will obey them. And many of us have. My prayer this morning, my, actually my prayer all week, has been for those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus already, who are already in God's kingdom, that this morning, maybe this morning is what, exactly what you need, that you will be compelled by the Spirit of God through the incredible things that God has done in the person and work of Jesus to worship this morning to experience freedom and joy and, and, and all those amazing things that God has for our lives. That this Christmas, you would worship and rejoice in ways that maybe you haven't in a long time. That's my prayer for us this morning, my prayer for you. But my prayer for those of us who, who maybe haven't made that decision yet. You know, I think there's probably some listening or watching right now who are wondering, uh, why am I here? What? I don't even know why I'm here. Somebody brought me here. I'm not even sure what I'm doing here. Well, let me just tell you, I don't think you're here by accident. I don't think you're listening to these words by accident. I think the spirit of God is inviting, is is calling, is asking you, please come into relationship with me. Come be with me. Come experience real life. Come experience real joy. Come experience real community. Come experience human flourishing the way that I designed it to be. And the invitation is there for you. And so my prayer for you all week long is that you would recognize your need for the Savior and you would accept what he's done on your behalf and you would come into the family of God because there's no better place for you to be. I'm gonna invite the worship team up now. And I just wanna close by telling you a story. Um, This story is about my wife, actually. Um, Back in 2010, my wife uh, was having conversations with the Lord because the Lord was telling her that she was going to be giving away this Bible of hers. And my wife um, honestly was, was arguing with God because she didn't want to give away this Bible. This Bible had met, meant tons to her in her life. It had walked her through some terrible and awful and deep and significant circumstances in life. And she didn't want, she didn't want to give up the Bible. But eventually, through conversations with the Lord, she said, okay, Lord, I'll do what you ask. Just please make it clear to me. Show me who you want me to give this Bible to. And about a week after that conversation she had with the Lord, her and I were were away on a weekend away. And we had gotten checked into the hotel we were staying in and I was in the room. She had gone back down to the lobby for something. I can't even remember what it was for. Um, But she ran into this woman in the lobby of this hotel and they started talking. And my wife said that The moment that she met this woman, she knew this is who the Bible's for. This is who I'm supposed to be giving the Bible to. 
Now, at the time, I didn't know what was going on down in the lobby. All I knew is that my wife was gone. We're supposed to be having a nice weekend away. We're trying to make plans for what we were going to do that day. And so, honestly, back in the hotel room, I was complaining (laughs) because I'm an idiot most of the time. And I don't know, I'm, I'm having imagining thoughts that maybe they're back there talking about glitter or something, something like totally insignificant, right? Um, but what I realized later when she came back, she said, no, we, weren't, we were talking about God. And so my wife was talking to this woman and encouraging her and she gave her this Bible and we went on our way, had a good weekend and that was it. I ne- we ne- never heard anything about it again. And years and years and years went by And nine years later, my wife receives this email completely out of the blue. It says, Amy, I hope that this email finds you well. My name is, she gives her name. She says, I met you nine years ago. You said God put it on your heart to give me your Bible. I want to thank you for this gift. I read it nightly after you gave it to me because I was in need of it. I have more recently been using it for a women's group that I'm a part of, and during my first women's retreat this year, I see God's work in my life, and I wanted to share this with you. I appreciate that you listened to God and followed your heart, and I wanted you to know that I still use this gift from you. I hope to hear back from you. I've attached a photo of the Bible, and I even thought about texting the number you gave me in the back of the Bible. I'm sorry that it took me nine years to reach out. My wife responded to her. They had some correspondence back and forth. My wife um, got to hear about how God has been growing this woman in her faith. She got baptized. He's growing her as a leader in her church. She serves in her church. She serves in her community. Incredible things the Lord has done in this, this woman's life. And she sent this back, another correspondence back to my wife. She says this. She says, I am so glad to hear back from you. I'm sorry that I didn't reach out sooner. Listen to what she says next. She says, I was lost in life and now my eyes and heart are open to embrace the fullness of life. And then she shares this verse, Proverbs 35. Every word of God is true. He is a shield to all of those who look to him for protection. Yahweh saves and he does it through the person and work of Jesus. Let's worship this great God of ours. That was awesome. I, uh, I hope that you were able to worship this morning. I hope you worship this great God of ours. And listen, if you have never entered into a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and you're feeling something this morning, friends, do not wait. The invitation is there now, so respond now. I'm going to pray with you and then, and then we'll get out of here. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for the fact that Jesus saves. Thank you for your spirit that leads and guides uh, us into all truth. And Father, for those of us listening or watching that God, maybe they've never been in your family before, you can say something like this if that's you. God, I need your help. God, I, I, I want to to live for you and I recognize that I need to be saved from my sins so please save me. It's as simple as that. And Father, thank you for your work in in all of our lives and Father, I pray you continue to compel us to worship you, continue to compel us to follow you and empower us by your spirit to serve you and love you and love the community around you as we bring the kingdom of God into our world now. We thank you for those things, Lord.
in Jesus' name. If you've never uh, chosen to follow Jesus and you just did for the first time, let us know about it. Uh, go to our website, gracecc.net, scroll to the bottom, click on the prayer link and, and send a prayer in and let us know that, that or a prayer request and let us know that, that you made that decision today for the first time. I love you, Grace Community Church. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.